Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Hey, hey, Unstuckers, Chell here, and Josh. Say hey, Josh. Hey, hey. So guys, we are coming at you with a super cool episode that I think is really relevant, especially if you're either one, just getting into the solopreneur entrepreneur game, or if you've done contracting and you can set your price. So we are talking about how to set a price point and know your worth. Josh, do you have any like intro comments that you want to start out with here? Um, yes. One, I find this is very important and also one of the most difficult things, at least for me, when I was starting out, uh, to figure out, right? Not only, um, how to set your price point, but how to be comfortable, um, telling your price point, because the more comfortable you are with it, the more it seems natural, the more customers are happy to uh, hire you. The more uncomfortable you seem during the whole transaction, the less likely people are to hire you, right? So I think, yeah, if you're having trouble with these sorts of things, uh, or if you're brand new, just starting out your business, this is a big, important episode for you. Totally. And I completely forgot that when I first started out, I used to practice saying how much I charged like in a mirror to myself or like I'd like pretend I was on a phone call and just like practice saying the number out loud because saying four digit numbers can be scary. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, saying two digit numbers can be scary. Uh, That's fair. (laughs) I did. I did the same thing. You know, Um, I started out, you know, I'll be honest, when I started out in IT and before I was fully certified, but I was just helping people out on the side, I charged 25 bucks an hour. And to me, that seemed like a huge number to charge hourly, uh, given that I didn't know anything or I didn't think I knew anything, right? Like, I'm just doing stuff like this, you know, but really I'm doing stuff that other people can't and don't want to do or figure out. And, um, so I started low. I like really lowballed myself and um and then I kept creeping it up and now I'm at a place where I'm kind of mid-range for the market and and that's kind of where I want to be. Um but ooh, when I when I got it higher than $25 an hour, it was um it was hard to say. <laughs> for sure. Okay, so I have a question for you then because I know I felt this way. At $25 an hour, do you feel like you undervalued yourself? And did you feel like you were working harder and not getting paid what you should be getting? A hundred percent. I will yeah. tell you too, uh, most newbies on any, uh, in any market, in any field, are generally more hungry and therefore working harder than uh, the old people that are just hanging around, right? What I mean by that is I was probably working harder not necessarily smarter because I didn't know everything. I hadn't like been through the ringer a few times, you know, but I was definitely working really hard for way less money 
then somebody is like, I've done that a thousand times here. Let me just click a button and charge you a hundred dollars for that. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, that is all to say that it was difficult, but at the time I made that decision because I knew uh, I was not certified at the time. Right. So I wanted to uh, acknowledge that. And I think I over acknowledged that to be honest, <laughs> but I wanted to acknowledge that. And um and I just wanted clients because I knew if I could get clients and I could treat them well, they would spread the word. And that was, and still is quite honestly, my marketing plan is word of mouth. I just wanted to get the ball rolling on that. And, um, and I did, but I don't think it was researched well, planned <laughs> out well or anything. So take that story with a grain of salt because it is not what I would recommend today looking backwards. Dude, I did the same thing. So a three-month plan that I now typically charge four digits for, I charged $125 for the first time. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, I, like, semi-piecemealed it, so we only really did, like, a week and a half of work together. But, dude, an hour into, like, making a meal plan, I was like, fuck this shit. This sucks so bad. I'm being underpaid. Here are your numbers. I'm done. And then I feel like on my end, I was half-assing it because I knew I wasn't being paid enough and it was pissing me off. Yeah, that's the other that's the other part that gets to you, right? Is, oh, yeah. is when you realize you're undervalued and especially like in your, your three-month program. Well, why don't you explain the basics of that real quick just for people who don't know. Yeah, so it's kind of – it's changed as the years have progressed, but I basically have a three-month program where I work – with clients um, towards their wellness goals. So we we cook together, we go grocery shopping together, we do weekly check-ins, whether they be virtual or they used to be in person. Um, it's pretty comprehensive and I spend on average probably 20 to 50 hours working with a client depending on how much they need. What was your hourly if you uh, charged 125? Oh my God, it was pennies. It was pennies. <laughs> Yeah. And then I had <laughs> I had the chutzpah to bring it up to like 650 at one Ooh, point. I know. Nice. And even then So you're making I was, like five dollars an hour or something? <laughs> no, not even. That client was super needy and wanted me to cook every weekend for like five hours. Oh. And I think that's also a boundary issue. We've talked about boundaries before, but like oh, that is yes. a sincere boundary issue. <laughs> We should talk about boundaries again. Yeah. I need I need to be talked to about boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, man. Yeah. Um, nice. So then and then eventually you got up into uh Yeah. Four, digits. four digits. Yeah. yeah. That was that was still super scary. Yeah, yeah. Again, saying um, it I think is the scary part, guys. So just practice it out loud so you're not like fifteen uh, hundred you know, or 50. <laughs> Agreed. And I think, uh, I think there's, uh, there's inherent value in higher prices for a lot of people too. Not everyone can afford everything, obviously, but, um, if they can, people, uh, still do, even if they think they don't, they place more value on the higher number. So if, in an, if you had like a scientific experiment where Charles Cena approached you and said, I'm going to work with you for three months and I'm going to charge $125. And then uh, you erase that from your memory. And then Celestina approached you again and said, I'm going to work with you for three months and charge you a few thousand dollars. Um, you would think 
that second Celestina is providing way more value to you, even if they're providing the exact same thing. Um, You may not be able to afford the second number, and that's a different story, but uh, humans do tend to just go, oh, I'm clearly, like, clearly that's a, um, that's more value. And that's where the whole expensive markets come from for people who are just rich and they want to pay for the, like, one person to only, you know, deal with my emergencies as they happen kind of stuff. That varies from industry to industry, right? So, like, in um, in my industry, in IT, I could definitely charge a lot more and have a lot less clients and have a lot of, like, really rich clients. But when they call, I come a-running, right? Yeah. And that's the deal. Like, if I have five clients, the likelihood that they all need me at the exact same moment is relatively low. So, Unlike if I have my current prices and I am well spread out and somebody calls for an emergency, it might take a little while before I can get back to them because I have a bunch of clients. So um, price point does matter in that sense of um, are you doing a high-end concierge-style service or are you doing a more middle-of-the-road or even low-end thing where you need a lot of customers to make it work? Definitely. And I think having – I mean, if that is the case for you guys – Potentially having two price points where you have something that's a little bit more niche, a little bit more expensive, but then maybe you have something very similar, but that doesn't require as much of your time and as much of you hands-on. So having a combination of of both of those to access a variety of different clientele can be helpful as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Totally agree. So how, looking back at what we did wrong, (laughs) you guys are welcome 2020 vision (laughs) learn from us um and so many before us i think people even told me how to do it right back then and i didn't believe them so don't be like me um now i'm just like oh my gosh the things i would have done what what would we have done chel what are what are some things if you're just starting out now how do you figure out what that number is we already said one Think about whether you're doing a high-end service or a low-end service. How many customers do you need to make your monthly bills work out, right? I would say start out knowing how much you want to make per hour. And like Josh said, yeah, you can charge on an hourly basis or like me, you can charge a flat fee and know that that's going to cover your work time, your expenses, maybe your drive time and whatever else you kind of need to, you need to pay as the month progresses. So for me, I choose a flat fee. Um, and I, I did that. I actually didn't do that in the beginning. So with personal chefing, I actually started out as an hourly rate, four hours minimum, and people started cutting my hours. That's how I learned that I need to go flat fee. And that hourly, yeah. So that rate was only 180 now that I'm thinking about it. So like that did not cover my time. That did not cover like gas's expenses. And yeah, that was not good because then people were like, Oh, do you really need four hours to cook? Like, well, no. (laughs) (laughs) So think about your profession and what's going to make the most sense. So maybe putting together a kind of more of a package deal or like a flat rate for your services. If you do have a service business, we both do. So in that sense, it kind of makes a little bit more sense possibly. Yeah. I mean, I do both. I do both flat rates and hourly and 
basically I try to do mostly, if not all flat rates in the shop, because when I started out, you know, I was trying to think about what would make me different. And I was sick of all the repair shops of any kind of repair nature that would um, say, well, we charge so much an hour and we'll see how it goes. And as the customer, I'm like, well, is that going to be like an hour of work or 20 hours of work? Like, what am I budgeting for here? Don't get me too far in over my head financially, you know? Yeah. Um, so I didn't want to do that with people. So I wanted to be able to like look at something, diagnose it and give kind of a, a flat fee as much as I could, if not a rough estimate of like, it's going to take one or two hours and it'll be between this and this. But for the most part, um, so I charge flat fees for uh, most software repair. And I charge a different flat fee for most hardware repair because it's a little more invasive. I'm taking more risk um, by opening up computers uh, in the first place and uh, stuff like that. And uh, and for the most part, that's calculated based on an hourly fee. Like I expect most fixes to take about an hour. Um, and sometimes it takes 20 minutes and sometimes it takes two hours. And I just kind of let the law of averages on my finances work out okay. Um and in the field, I do hourly because nobody has ever called me out to do one thing and not ended up saying one more thing a couple of times before I left. So uh, if that means if I said, oh, you want me to just install a printer? Yeah, I'll, just, I'll come out, I'll charge you like 40 bucks. Let's say most of that's just to cover me driving out there and I'll install that for you in 10 minutes and I'll leave. Um if I did that and then they kept going, oh, one more thing while you're here. And I kept like trying to add, you know, 20 bucks here, 40 bucks it there. Gets messy. Per, it gets messy. So yeah. it's, it's much cleaner in the shop to have a, a flat rate and out in the field to have an hourly. Cause it's like, yeah, I can be here for up to an hour for this much money. And if you keep me after that, it's another hour. You know? What you were saying though, like knowing how much or how long this is going to take you comes with time that's not necessarily something that you learn yes yeah immediately you know so think about that guys like you might not know how long your specific service is going to take but over time you can kind of develop a sense of how long that's going to take for example the same with me cooking like initially i was just like yeah it'll like take me four-ish hours and i'm going to charge you this hourly rate because i didn't know now i have cooking down to three four hours max my shopping takes like 30 minutes and if, like you said, everything averages out to about the same time. So some clients I make a little bit more, some clients I make a little bit less. It kind of just depends on how big and how many meals they want or whatever. Um, but it, it kind of all balances out. However, I must say that I definitely undervalued myself when I went into the consulting uh, arena. And I know I've spoken about that a couple of times on this show, but consulting is a whole different ballgame. Like especially if that's kind of out of your wheelhouse and you've never done it before. That's, I would say definitely do your research. Uh, definitely know what the competition charges because it's really important to not undervalue yourself and to stick to your contract. If you are doing something that's contract-based, stick to your contract. And if someone adds something to their contract, you kind of have to add that price point to your contract. Like what you were saying, Josh, I mean, to some, to some extent you have to know what you're going into rather than trying to piecemeal it. Um, mm -hmm. I was told before I gave the, that amount though, when I was doing some restaurant consulting 
to add like 30% more than what you expect because there's always going to be like incidentals or like times when they ask you to stay a little bit longer or ask you additional questions. So I feel like that's a pretty good rule of thumb. What would you say? Yeah, I agree. Um, and I totally agree that if you don't know it, what, uh, how long it's going to take, if there's any way to stick to just an hourly, just do it. Um, you'll cover your butt and they will feel like it's fair in the end. Um, yeah. versus if you, if you mess up the flat fee cause you just didn't know and you'll either resent it and maybe not do the best job because you're working 10 hours for what was supposed to be a three hour job. Um, or other way around you quoted for 10 hours and it took you three hours and the client notices you were only there for three hours. We were charging how much. Um, so if you're, if you're just unsure and you don't think you can even really get into the ballpark, the safest thing is to go hourly. Right. Yeah. I think that's a, in hindsight, yes, that's an excellent <laughs> point. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think, you know, even your flat fees are based on hourly. Even if you're, if you're saying I will charge you a thousand bucks to do this job, um, you gotta, you can't just throw out a number like a thousand dollars. I mean, you can, but you take the risk. You don't know what that gets you, right? Like you got to think about your expenses. Um, if you have any, depending on the kind of business you are. Um, so let's say, you know, I'm, I'm going to charge you a thousand bucks for something massive, um, like a new custom computer or something. I have to think about like, okay, what are the parts involved? How much does that cost me? And if that adds up to like, I've, I've done this before. This is a true story. <laughs> this adds up to like 950 bucks in parts. <laughs> then you've quoted to make yourself $50 no matter how long it takes you. And it definitely took like two to three hours. So I made... 18 ish bucks an hour, like not great. <laughs> um, and, and for some pretty tedious hands-on expertise work. So, um, all that is to say, like, you really got to calculate, like if you have expenses on a certain project, how much are those? And then how many hours do you think it'll take and how much do you want to work per hour? Right. And include the time it takes you like in Chelsea's case to shop in my case, to source the parts, um, because it's not just like once the parts arrive, I start building the computer. It's like, well, I have to make sure the parts arrive, which is also some time, right? Not a lot of time in my case, it's internet shopping, but it's, it factors in. So, um, so definitely, even if you're doing flat rate, base it on what you think your hourly is and how long you think that'll take you. Um, and then go from there. So on that note, how the heck do we set an hourly rate? How do we know what we should charge? This is like the golden question. <laughs> so when you were starting out, you said 25, you felt undervalued. Mm -hmm. I felt undervalued charging 125 for what should have been like a three month thing. So don't, shoot yourself in the foot starting out, right? So that's, I think that's key point number one for how to set a price point. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. And honestly, you don't have enough experience to roll with the big boys at that point. So kind of find a middle ground, something that one, you feel comfortable with, two, you're not shooting yourself in the foot, and three, like you can actually still pay your bills. 
especially yeah. if you've decided to already quit your job and you're, this is your sole source of income. So I think it depends on your industry for sure. Um, but for most dietitians, just kind of as a whole, they're getting paid like 20 bucks an hour. So honestly, anything over that, I'm super happy with. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that was nice. kind of my, that was kind of my price point. But I also had other personal chefs to look at and see what they were charging and how they were charging um, mm -hmm. to kind of determine what that looked like. However, on the consulting side, not so much. Hence, heavily undervalued there. What about yeah, you? Yeah, so one, research your competition, right? Because your yeah. competition is A, in the same city you're in, and B, in the same industry you're in. So that's going to tell you a lot about what you should be charging. I had... Um, my assistant last two years ago, even like my price point was already well established, but I had an assistant for six months. So I had her uh, research all the competition and make an Excel sheet for me on what everyone was charging for what, you know, and, and everyone's website's different and um, they don't make it just easy to compare apples to apples. So it's like kind of an extensive spreadsheet because some, computer places will be like, we charge this much for this job, but this much for this job. And they'd just be wildly different. Um, and, and some of them were straight up, this is our hourly. And I was like, cool. Um, and I figured out that I am for Albuquerque market, it services, computer repair services. I am pretty solidly in the middle as far as price. There are people that charge more than me and there are certainly people that charge less than me. Um, and one piece of advice I'd like to impart here is don't be the cheapest person in town. Preach. One, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Like you can definitely be, do better than that. And B, the only reason Walmart plays that game is because they have a million Walmarts all over the world. So if they make one cent on every item, they're doing okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, like for real. It's, it's about volume with Walmart, right? And I definitely don't want to be the cheapest game in town and I don't want to play Walmart's game on that because that's just a race to the bottom where everyone charges zero dollars. But I also didn't want to be the most expensive in town. I didn't feel like I had, at the time anyway, I didn't feel like I had the chops to be the most expensive in town. Um, and I definitely didn't really want to have a concierge style service. I wanted to be able to help um, most people. And to this day, I still... I still work for less than my normal hourly if someone's really in a bind, um, kind of a sliding scale when necessary. Um, so all that is to say, I'm perfectly happy being right in the middle, but the only reason I know that is because I could research the competition here in Albuquerque and say like for this market, for IT services, I'm right in the middle. So you got some metrics there, Josh. I got some saying? metrics, some data, uh, nice. or data, depending. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, guys, this all comes around full circle. You can't just do one thing and be like, yeah, this is my price forever. My price has shifted three times in three different states. So find what works for you where you're at. And if you feel like you're undervalued, raise your price. Don't be scared, guys. It's really, it's not that hard. Just change your prices. Don't flinch when you say, hey, yeah, this is what I charge. And if your clients happen to say, oh, well, this person was charged this much. Why are you charging me this much? Just say, hey, um, I, this is what I was saying during that period of time. It was like, hey, I haven't raised my prices in like two and a half years. And I would like to, this is, this is kind of the, 
the flex in the market or the fluctuation in the market. Um, or you can just be like, this is, a, this is my price and this is locked in for all of my clientele. Like you don't have to make anything up. You just be straight with them if you are raising yeah. your prices. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I mean, I raised my prices when I got certified and that, that made sense. That was an easy thing to hang my hat on. Like, Hey, I just got all these certifications in order to serve you better and blah, blah, blah. And as a result, my prices are going up. <laughs> I think that's fair. Um, and yeah, and nobody uh, flinched at that. And yeah, actually reminds me of a story when I, uh, speaking of like how people value a higher price point when I was working in theater, uh, as a designer in Albuquerque. So I don't know about other markets, but in Albuquerque, uh, I started by charging $15 an hour to be a technician and a designer. Um, and that was a whole lot for me at the time. <laughs> and, um, and then as I, I kept getting people who wanted to hire me as a designer for their projects and they all had very different budgets for what they would pay me to do that. Right. And in, in the theater world, it's, it's different. It's community theater and there's not a lot of money and a lot of people are volunteers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I was trying to be like a professional and make my living this way. So eventually I just said, you know, I don't really care what your budget is. Um, this is what I charge hourly. Right. And because I'm not going to do the same work for your like $300 budget that I go ahead and turn around and go to the bigger theater with their $1,500 budget and do the same amount of hours at both theaters. Why would I do that? Um, it's not fair to them if they're paying me more than, than you're paying me. And it's not fair to me to like slave away for that little. So I eventually just started converting everybody and said, I work hourly. So if you got 300 bucks, you know, $15 an hour, that's this many hours. This is how I think I can throw that together. But, you know, you get more refined design and build and blah, 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 if you have more hours, right? That's just how yeah. art, art works <laughs> or most anything works. Um, Having the confidence so, to do that, though, is really important. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen, like, fresh out of college or fresh out of whatever. It doesn't happen when you first yeah. go into your industry, you know? I mean, but it, if you it have takes that. The experience. If you have that when you first go into your industry – your life will be changed from the instant. So you can approach it two different ways, guys. Yeah. And then I started raising my prices because I was still getting hired all the time. And I thought like, I'm going to lose people on this. Like some people are just going to, I can't afford this. I don't know who this guy thinks he is. Uh, if anything, I had more people calling me. So I raised my prices. I got, before I left theater, I got up to 30 bucks an hour in Albuquerque, which is unheard Damn. of. And Damn. people were still calling me. Um, and I thought like, I'm going to lose people, but no, I got more and more calls because people were like, oh, dang, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. We better hire him. <laughs> I was That's like, no, awesome. I just, I just know what I'm doing and as far as what I'm worth. Um, and yeah, and now I've been kind of out of theater and retired and, but I haven't really been able to say no to things. So what I've been <laughs> saying is, yeah, sure. I'll do it for $45 an hour. <laughs> Finally, I, I reached it. I reached the line. <laughs> Finally, people are not hiring me. Um, except one. Last fall, I totally got someone who was like, yeah, that sounds reasonable. Come on down and talk to us. Oh, um, my gosh. For a consulting thing. Um, it wasn't for theater, theater, but it was it was stage design for a conference. And 
so totally different budgets we're working with here, but they were like, yeah, $45 an hour to consult with our artists on how they should design it for like a few hours. So, and I didn't know how long it would take. And if, like you were saying before, if there's, should I tack on an extra 30%? So, da, da, da. so I just said it's 45 bucks an hour and, and they hired me for, I think like four or five hours total I spent on that. So I consider it uh, $45 an hour I got for set design, which is the highest thing I've ever gotten for um, for art. <laughs> and it was great. I think that's really important, guys. So when you do become kind of not necessarily just well-known, but like when you do become kind of a master of what you're at, consulting is like the end-all be-all amazingness because you get to choose your price they can say yes, they can say no. But if they say yes, that's your price that you set and you can put your all into it. And I feel like that's where you get to really shine and like, sh- like share your knowledge. So for me, like consulting is freaking awesome when you get paid correctly. <laughs> Hard to get to that level in any industry. Um, totally. So, and then once you're at that, don't mess up. <laughs> Charge enough. <laughs> all right. Should we... Uh, wrap this thing up yeah i think that was the perfect way to to lead out too (laughs) don't mess up (laughs) all right don't mess up the unstuck institute podcast is supported by fiverr want to say more with less brand recognition is just a custom logo design away shop for a logo now on fiverr by going to www.unstuck.institute backslash fiverr that's unstuck.institute slash F-I-V-E-R-R, because it's the 20th century and no one can spell. Okay, back to the show. It's time for a recap. One, think about high-end versus low-end. Do you want to be a concierge service to a select few or serve the masses? Two, research your competition and their pricing. Three, practice saying your rate out loud so you become comfortable with it out loud. All right, guys, we will be back next week. Check out our website and show notes at www.unstuck.institute. Remember to follow us on Instagram at unstuck.institute. And if you love our podcast, would you please help us out? Leave a review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show out a lot. For instructions on how to leave a review, go to our website, www.unstuck.institute. Talk to you next week when we'll be talking about how to pivot. Know your worth. Know the difference between what you're getting and what you deserve. Anonymous. I'm anonymous. Anonymous is so inspirational, you know? That person said a lot of things. It's like sea anemone. Anemone. Sea anemone. Sea anemone.